And we will go now to KFSK and the Public Library's Homegrown Conversations. Today, the topic is homeschooling, expectations and experience. Kari Peterson hosting the conversation with Lizzie Thompson and Sarah Reed. Thank you, Oren. Um, hi, this is Kari Peterson from the Petersburg Public Library. And today I have um, Lizzie Thompson and Sarah Reed with me. And we're going to talk about homeschooling, um, expectations, and experience. So Lizzie has been homeschooling her only child, Kate, for seven years. Lizzie leans towards an unschooling philosophy of education. And her and her husband, Harold, are owner-operators of the tender St. Lazaria, a family-run business. And their daughter, Kate, has grown up tendering alongside her parents. And Sarah and her husband, Boston Reed, are the proud parents of four children, ages 12, 10, 8, and 4. Sarah homeschools all her children and began seven years ago with her first child. She leans toward a, education, a classical education philosophy. And today I will be joining the conversation also. I have two children, ages 24 and 13. Both of my children struggle with different types of learning disabilities. I homeschooled my oldest up and up to the fifth grade and then again in middle school part-time. I'm currently a single mom working full-time and began homeschooling my 13-year-old year old last year. Um, I use the Oak Meadow curriculum with both of my children, which is based on a, war, a Waldorf philosophy of education. So welcome, Lizzie and Sarah. That was a mouthful. Hello. Hello. Um, so we'll jump right in here. We have, we have a, a, a group of questions here. We'll start with Lizzie. What is the hardest challenge you faced with homeschooling? Um, I would say the hardest challenge is keeping a sense of humor at times, um, but mostly it's not operating from a place of fear or worry. There's so many different opinions out there and many of them are contradictory. There's strong opinions about how learning must happen and by when learning must happen. And um, one thing that helps me is to hold on to the distinction between schooling and learning. And uh, in the beginning, it was hard for me to um, conceive of really taking control over curriculum. But unlike um, a school teacher, I don't have to pick curriculum that can appeal to a whole room full of kids with different levels of learning and different interests. I can tailor it exactly to my child. And so while we may be following a workbook, if I know she gets something, we can skip pages. And if there's a series of questions designed for reading comprehension, we don't have to read whatever they're supplying. I can give her a book she loves and then just mix the questions, you know, tweak them to fit that book. Um, so there's a lot of freedom in that. And when I do start getting hooked into fear, I remember something that my grandfather said to me when I was trying to pick a uh, major in college. I was just taking it very, very seriously and, and worried and scared. And I called him and he said, well, what's your favorite class? 
And I said, English. And he said, so major in English. Honey, you're there to learn, to learn. And if you do it well, if you take classes that interest you and you do well, that will indicate to future employers that they can teach you what they need you to know to work well for them. And what I like also about that is that implicit in it was the idea that one day I would do a job that I enjoyed. Oh, yes. (laughs) Smart grandpa. (laughs) Well, thank you. And um, Sarah, are you there? I am, yes. Okay. Um, So what is the hardest challenge you faced with homeschooling, do you feel? I think... For me, the hardest part is um, just to remember why I wanted to do it in the first place. You know, I think when we start, (laughs) we have all these aspirations for our kids and we have all these ideas that we want to do. We don't ever go into it thinking, I'm going to create, you know, a mathematician or or I'm going to create a scientist that's going to be, you know, you don't go into it like that. You go into it saying, I want a really good relationship with my kids. I want to show them the on the wonder of the world around them. I want them to be able to have these life experiences that no textbook could, could offer or create. Um, And so when you're in the thick of it and you got a pile of dishes and loads of laundry and you have hungry kids and you have uh, kids that might be bickering back and forth and you're thinking, Oh my goodness, what am I doing to stop and think this is what I'm doing. And, um, just to remember, I'm in it for relationship. I'm in it for um, to love, to learn, not to just get through it, but to actually enjoy the process. Yeah. Um, at that point is the hardest to remember those things. Uh, but when you do, in those, in those rare moments that you do, ah, get that moment um, and have clarity of thought, it, it all of a sudden makes it so much more easy to to go there in relationship and to not follow your plan for the day of, you know, marking off all these boxes, but just to take it as it comes and, um, and to enjoy the process, which is so, it can be so beautiful and so wonderful. Um, I I don't know. There's nothing quite like it. When I went into it, I'd never, well, first I never thought I would be homeschooling. (laughs) I had a great um, time in the public school here in Petersburg and, I don't have anything bad to say. I didn't ever choose to homeschool because of a bad thing. I only chose to homeschool because it just felt right to me. It felt like that's something I wanted to do. I wanted all those things that I just talked about. I wanted to be there with my kids and I wanted to be, um, I wanted to be in that role. And I also actually wanted to learn with my kids, which was also a really, really fun aspect of homeschooling that I never thought that I would come to love but I absolutely do. And it's just been such a wonderful journey. So I guess that's the hardest part to remember why you did it in the first place in those crazy moments. (laughs) That's for sure. Yes. And I have to say that my own challenge is my, is just the space between my, my own brain um, and the expectations that I put on myself and, um, and my kid and not, and not to put too much expectation on my kid and myself and to go with it. Um, because I always, I always have a plan and I want it to look this way and then it doesn't. And then I have to deal with that. (laughs) And, um, 
And, and I just, it's just my nature too, that I always want to be 10 steps ahead of where I am. And um, so bringing that back and being okay with, this is where we are right now. And we're going to go from here (laughs) because I, yeah, but that's, I find that that is um, not just unique to homeschooling. It's, that's my character. And so I, I find that to be the biggest thing to overcome is my very own character (laughs) in homeschooling. You're your own worst enemy, they say, right? (laughs) Sometimes we are. Um, So we'll start with Lizzie again. Um, Given the circumstances of the pandemic, does that affect your homeschooling goals for the next semester or year? Um, Well, life circumstances are always affecting our goals uh, (laughs) because we're trying to work with, you know, what's going on in the whole picture of our lives. Um, For us, going into the quarantine in March, we were just coming out of uh, six months in which we lost three family members. And then um, in May, I found out I had breast cancer. And then we've had, you know, I think right now we're the third wettest, coldest summer on record. And fish didn't really show up and I wasn't on the boat. And I'm just, my goals are for my family to be together at home and to make, to make it the best that it can be. Um, I'm lucky Katie has uh, big ambitions for school this year, but um, my big ambition is going to be finding as much lightheartedness and joy as we can without her normal sources for that, like dance. That's usually seven hours a week of um, good endorphins and happiness. And um, it's, it'll, I know the dance studio is going to try to come up with some kind of online experience and we will embrace that. But yeah, mostly it's about keeping everyone as happy as possible. Yes. And how about you, Sarah? Given the circumstances of the pandemic, does that affect your homeschooling goals for the next semester or year? Not really. Um, it's, it, I don't know. When you take on that responsibility to educate your children and that weight is on your shoulders already, you've already made that decision. Like I'm not looking to someone else to provide, um, the education or the experience or the, you know, fill in the blank, whatever it is, you've already taken that on to yourself. So like when, um, when that falls through and the world is crashing, it really does not seem, um, that it affects you much. In fact, I would almost go the opposite direction. Like because of that, it's been easier to read another book. It's been easier to do another lesson. It's been easier to um, dive deep into an art project or a science experiment. Or um, it's it's almost been easier in a lot of ways. And there has been, you know, effects. You know, like our co-op that we meet usually once a week um, that stopped meeting for a while and. Um, so, so it did affect, and, and there was a little bit of rearranging there, but, but going back to like, you already took on that responsibility on your shoulders. So you just kind of pick up the ball and you run with it. And it's not, 
life altering. It's not life shaking. It's just, you just pick up the ball and you go with it. And it seems to be just fine. Yeah. Okay. So I guess, um, for myself, I was, I was surprised, um, like this spring when it all hit, because I do work 40 hours a week outside of the home and then having, um, to work from home from, for a period of time. But I, I found myself really, really grateful that we were already homeschooling (laughs) because I, I didn't have to rearrange everything in the middle of rearranging everything for my work life also. And, uh, I think that it really probably would have pushed me over the edge if I had had to do both of those things at the same time. And I felt really grateful that I, I was like, Oh, this doesn't actually change what we're doing. (laughs) We're still doing this. And, and I was really grateful to have that um, consistency. And um, yeah. So for, um, And for me moving forward, I wanting to maintain everything, my job and, and my son's schooling, for me, I'm just looking for that consistency to be able to what is the, the least stressful to be able to maintain um, everybody's happiness, you know, not just mine, but my son, you know, and I think to having that freedom to especially now socialize when, when that opportunity comes up because it you have to be so thoughtful now about the socializing and um yeah so let's see um I'm gonna take a short break here um if you're just joining us this is Homegrown Conversations a collaboration between KFSK and Petersburg Public Library today we are talking with Lizzie Thompson, Sarah Reed, and myself, Kari Peterson, about homeschooling expectations and experience. Um, Now back to our conversation. So Lizzie, um, can you offer your thoughts on the idea of fear or fear that kids are falling behind at this time um, because of the disruption to education caused by the pandemic? Well, I was listening to our, our, conversation and thinking that I I just wanted to say that I realized my answers come from a place of um, a privilege in that I get to stay at home with my child. I'm self-employed and I can work my work schedule around our school schedule and be very, very fluid. Also because we're on the boat together all summer normally, um, we have all summer to do learning as well. So um, for people who are just starting out with homeschooling, um, I would say under any circumstances, there are going to be people who are worried about their kids falling behind. But for me, I have a hard time buying into that notion under any circumstances, because I don't think all of our kids are on one track with one goal that they're racing to reach first. I think that the beauty of homeschooling 
is that you can make a curriculum that's tailor-made for your child and their interests and their ambitions. And um, that's such a gift. And if you do have the freedom to be able to be around each other, um, it's so nice to be able to find something they're interested in and get online and search resources and just get really curious about it and see where it leads you and watch documentaries. And sometimes there's a thing called strewing that um, homeschool parents do where say you're trying to get your kid to up their reading game, you know, and they love Beauty and the Beast. Go to the library and get every book they have on Beauty and the Beast and just put them on the coffee table. And they will pick their reading level. And they will want to move up because they know the context. They can figure it out. And the next thing you know, you know, they may be reading chapter books. Graphic novels are good for that. Just, I think, sometimes finding the path of least resistance can be almost fun. And um, it can produce a lot more joy. And I know sometimes at our house, there's the phenomena if I say, look at this really cool learning puzzle I bought you. Yeah, not interested. But if I just put it somewhere to be discovered, then what is this? Oh, how does it work? And I just stay out of it and the learning happens. So I guess what I'm just saying is just try to enjoy your kids and enjoy the freedom to be able to put on a documentary and pop some popcorn when things are getting tense and come back to it later and not have to, like Sarah said, you know, check off all the marks every day. Yeah. And I have to add to that because yesterday I did a display in the library on, I pulled a bunch of the education books from the adult section. And um, one of the books was a hundred rules for unschooling, which is so funny for a title in itself, but it had the strewing and all kinds of ideas in that book, which were really great. But That's the other thing is um, when you're getting really torn down, I think it helps to go online to some of the resources for homeschoolers and unschoolers and, and read some of the testimonials from successful kids, you know, about their growing up. I'm, one story I love was this mom whose, uh, her daughter was just completely into Disney. And that's all she wanted to do was like watch every Disney movie over and over again. And when she graduated high school, she went to Disney and she got a job in one of the ticket booths. But within a year, she was a concierge at one of the nice hotels. And within a year after that, she was the head concierge at the fanciest hotel at Disney World. Because she had this encyclopedic knowledge of Disney (laughs) and she loved it. And she could not be happier and she's making a great living. And And in the um, end. That's what it's all about is finding a job in a way to spend your life that you love. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Um, Are we on the falling behind question? Yeah. Um, Sarah, can you have your thoughts on the idea or fear that kids are falling behind during this time 
of the disruption to education, I guess? I think in general, like Lizzie said, in general, you do kind of have that in the back of your mind, like where the standards are and um, what your kids should be doing and when they should be doing it and all that stuff. And we've all heard it and we all know it. Um, but I think it's important to keep that in the back of your mind instead of in the forefront of your mind, because really you could, you could wish all day long that your kids were ahead. You could, you could hope with everything in you that they were, you know, up to speed or, but, but in the end, (laughs) that's not going to get you anywhere. But what will get you somewhere is just to take them where they're at, you know, say they're behind in math or they're behind in reading or fill in the blank, whatever it is. You can't wish them ahead. You can just meet them where they're at anyways. So you do that and you go there and you take that next step and you meet them there and you smile at them and you, you know, walk through it. And then you take the next step and the next step and the next step. So the, the act that they're falling behind, the notion that they're falling behind, really, what does it mean in the big picture anyways? Like if you're trying to teach to a test, if you're trying to teach to, um, to a job even, if you're trying to teach to that, you're going to have a much different aim than if you're trying to teach to a well-rounded kid or a, a kid with really good work ethic, good character, good morals, um, somebody that people like to be around, like whatever your standard is, you should, whatever your goal is, I guess, is what you should teach to, um, that I feel anyways. So if you're teaching to, um, to the, all those state standards where your kid should be reading at third grade level by the third grade or whatever it is, um, your day is going to look a lot different than, than if your goal is something else. So, I don't know. Another, another idea on that is that there is a whole entire world of knowledge um, out there. And to say like, this is the only track that's worthy of pursuing is this track that we've laid out for you um, is not really realistic. You know, when there's a whole world out there and there's a lifetime to learn it um, to say that you have to be on this track in order for success to happen. I like Lizzie said, your words were, I, I don't buy into that. So falling behind, I guess it's just on how you look at it. But I don't think that that should be a forefront of people's thought and mind if they're thinking about going into homeschooling. You know, you should think about what is your end goal? If your end goal is to get a certain job, then you should probably teach to that. But if your end goal is to, you know, have, I don't know, well-rounded, good character kids, you should probably teach to that too, you know, and it doesn't have to be one or the other. You can do both in homeschooling. You can have a really good education and you can have um, the other too, which is what is so beautiful about homeschooling. I think, you know, you don't have to pick one thing and do it or pick one way and do it. You, you can just, I don't know, meet your kid where they're at and you can take the next step and you can keep showing up and hopefully things will all shake out in the end. Yeah, and I trust that at the end of this situation, when we start getting into whatever the new normal is going to be, that we'll be there for our kids to help them adapt and to help them thrive. And if need be, to help them catch up. 
exactly. whatever that means. I just, yes. yeah, I agree wholeheartedly with Sarah, you know, that it just depends on what your goals are. Happy, well-rounded, good humans. Yes. <laughs> and I was, um, I really like the way that you put that, Sarah, um, meeting them where they're at and smiling at them because boy, sometimes that's not easy. Uh, especially when they're 13. <laughs> um, it can be hard. It can yeah, be hard. This, yep. This is where you're at. And I might not want you here for a myriad of reasons. And I'm going to, you know, but I'm going to put that aside and I'm going to smile and we're going to do this. We're going to sit down and we're going to do this. And I think, um, for myself, that idea of falling behind, um, and, and your idea of the goals, I just want to build on that because that for me, when I was thinking about this question for myself, um, being a single parent and making that decision to homeschool my child, he had been begging to be homeschooled. And I thought there's no way I can do it and work full time. So, um, I waited till he got of the age where he could do it independently, his work. And, um, and then, and we, then I decided to take that leap, but also at the same time, I had a different goal in mind, which was a parenting goal, which is, I wanted to, I was watching him slip through the cracks in, in some particular areas because of his own behavior. And I wanted to be able to correct that. And, um, and so being able to homeschooling allowed me to do that because I was able to hold him accountable on a different level that I wasn't able to do when he was in public school. Um, and, this gave me the opportunity to do that, which I feel like um, as a single parent, um, it was something, it was a parenting issue that I wasn't able to let go of. <laughs> like, I mean, when I, single parenting has taught me you have to pick your battles. <laughs> Definitely. And um, it, in a it becomes much more important than when there were two parents in the household. And um, so for me, this was a really important issue that I felt like needed to be addressed with my son. And this gave me the opportunity to meet that um, head on, which was, which I feel good about because that was a goal of mine, a parenting goal. And, um, and through his education, I was, I am, it's his education is helping me meet that parenting goal for him. Um, but every kid is so different. <laughs> well, and I think that's just it. Every kid is so different. So it brings it back around to that idea of trusting ourselves to know and love our children and do what we feel is best for them and trusting ourselves to know where they are on their timeline and trusting. You know, there's a lot of trust built into it and uh, that can be hard. 
but it can also be really liberating. Um, I have another story, a friend of mine uh, whose son didn't learn to read till I think he was maybe 13. And we used to call him a tapeworm because he always was listening to tapes, books on tapes. That's how long ago this was. And um, he's a lawyer now, you know, and at one point she could have completely stressed out and been like, my child's not learning to read, but she just gave him books on tape and then at a certain point when he was a certain age, asked him to at least please be on the page that the reader was on. And, you know, when he was like already pretty old, 13, I think, it just took off. And he got it and he was a reader. And yeah, all that time stressing out was for what? was just wasted time yes (laughs) so I think we could yeah try not to go there yeah very important I think to go there so um we have about two minutes left and so I wanted to are there any words of advice or encouragement you would like to offer to parents who are new to homeschooling and we'll start with Lizzie Well, it's hard because I don't know what age these kids are, but if they're littles, just read and read and read to them and snuggle them and Mm -hmm. um, enjoy your kids for every age. Enjoy your children. Let them, you know, try and foster their interests. And if it's all becoming about power struggles, maybe take a break, change curriculum. If the one that you're trying to do, just they really don't like it. be willing to be flexible and don't forget there are so many things to be learned, helping in the kitchen, helping do laundry, life skills, learning how to change a tire, being able to troubleshoot outboard issues, uh, knowing how to row a boat. You can always get away from the paperwork and go out in nature and learn things out there or the driveway or the garden or yeah. Thank you, Lizzie. Thank you for joining us today. Sarah, um, any words of advice or encouragement you would like to offer to parents who are new to homeschooling? I think it's really easy to take on more than you're supposed to, really. Um, and there is a lot of pressure in doing it, but it's like, it's like Lizzie said a little while ago, it's almost liberating to like, go there with that said it's um it's really easy to have a a strong opinion a strong idea of how it should look what you should do what your kids should be doing um and a lot of times that kind of crumbles before your very eyes and to be able to pause and just to realize that you know your curriculum does not have to be perfect to be wonderful your, your um, book list that you choose does not have to be perfect to be wonderful. Your homeschool itself does not have to be perfect to be wonderful. Um, your own attitude does not have to be perfect to be good enough, you know? And I think that people maybe, myself included, but when I first started was to shy away from it thinking, oh, I'm not good enough. I can't do this. But if you're called to it, you will be, and you'll do just fine. And um, just to trust, like one of you guys said too, trust yourself, give yourself a, a, 
give yourself a shot and let your kids have a shot at it too, because it's such a beautiful journey. It's a wonderful journey that I have not regretted at all and only have loved it more and more every year. In fact, the first year is probably the hardest. And from there, it just gets um, more comfortable and easier and better every year it goes. So give it a shot. Give it a try. (laughs) Well, thank you. Thank you, ladies, for joining me today. Um, Next week, we'll continue this conversation with part two and include additional voices representative of even more local educational experiences. So tune in next Thursday at 10 a.m. for story time and 1030 for part two of homeschooling expectations and experience. Um, This show is archived as a podcast on Petersburg Public Library's website, www.psglib.org. You can also reach it from the link on KFSK's website, um, kfsk.org. In the description to the podcast, we will list any books, films, or websites recommended during this show. And I have actually put together um, a recommended list for anybody interested in the different philosophies that I put together for that um, podcast. So that will be there. Um, And thank you to KFSK and the Friends of Petersburg Libraries for making today's show possible. And thank you to Lizzie and Sarah for talking with me today and sharing both of your experiences. Thank you. Can I say one more quick thing? Yes. The library. Take your kids to the library. (laughs) It's a wonderful place to go on a rainy day and park the one who loves horses in front of the horse section and park the one who wants to redecorate her bedroom in front of the architectural redecorating section and the one that loves to bake in front of the baking section and let them explore. Yeah. Yeah. What a wonderful, fun place. (laughs) It really is. The library is awesome. (laughs) Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. you. Nice to see you, Sarah. Bye. You too.